This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. I'm so excited, guys. Well, you know how excited I am about 2020 for my Let's Keep a Real People because the guests are just crazy good all over the world. And this one we had before, and we had requests from back, so I'm so excited to have Andy. He is just amazing. And my friend Andy here is in Canada, not so far. He's up in Toronto, so, you know, it's even closer than going to Florida. So if you need to see him, you know, you could fly up there, but there's all kinds of virtual program. You know that. And we also were big, big, big fans, Andy, of your philosophy. I just want you to know. We got Thank you. Big request. But for those of you who didn't listen, let me just tell you a little bit about Andy. Andy is a private practice dietitian, author, and <laughs> Instagram extraordinaire. <laughs> I was looking at some of his things. Yeah. Uh, from Canada. He graduated from the University of Toronto School of Public Health and worked, which sounds so formal, and Andy is so not formal, (laughs) and worked previously at Diabetes Canada before, which even sounds even more formal, pursuing private practice, authorship, and making people laugh on social media. Welcome back, Andy. I'm so excited to bring in the new year with you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me back. I can't wait to, uh, to chat with you again. So I have a question for you. Let's just start right into it. Is there any new fads going on out there that I'm not aware of? There's anything like everybody is doing this. Well, damn, that is a great question to start with. Um, is there <laughs> well, I'm so, the, you, well, my <laughs> listener, that like I took this time five questions, and the first one was like, is they're just curious, you know, what's going on out there? Maybe it is what I think, and uh, maybe it isn't. Well, you know what? The biggest fad, and I wouldn't even call it a fad. I call it like an anti-fad. It's a trend, and it's an important one, but it's 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 it's, it's like the quintessential anti-fad. It's 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 kind of as it relates to health. It's like just putting weight aside and focusing on everything else that matters with your health. I think that honestly, I mean, if you saw really? what happened, if we're evolving, yeah. Andy, we're evolving. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. Obviously, I live in my own in my own kind of bubble because I'm I'm a dietitian and I follow other dietitians on social media. But I I think you know if there's one thing for people to to work towards in in 2020, and I'm, we're going to talk all about that. It's yeah. like you know there's a lot of things that you know a lot of ways you can you can measure you know how you feel and what you're doing, and I I think. I think the push is to to make weight less and less one of them. Yeah. Uh, it, it, that, that's what comes to – that's the, the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah, sure, you could talk about Gwyneth Paltrow or, like, alkaline water or, you know, key, all the stuff that's kind of already take, done the rounds or the, you know, plant-based, yeah. you know. But that's the biggest – that's the biggest and probably most important thing that's happening right now well that's a good movement i could get on board on that one it is it's that it is it absolutely is and 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 different people are on board with it to different extents but the 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 main message is important okay so what about 
because I hear still a lot of young people ask me, specifically boys. Yeah. They just said, hey, Miss Sandy, is keto still hot? Right. In I think that it is. It is still hot. And the way I measure, right, the, my, my thermometer, so to speak, is is people who come in come into my office and want to, to talk about it or have questions about it. And I think that it hasn't died down from that perspective. I still have people who are fascinated by it, who want to learn more, um, whether it's because they think they read stuff online, they think it's the best they could do for their health, or maybe they're kind of potentially on some level easily influenced by things online. Um, so is it still hot? Yeah, and it, I mean, it, and to some level, it's going to remain hot in the community of people who like to do it, and that's fine. I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I don't think it's the best or most sustainable trend. I think that's obvious. So we okay, even, so yeah. let's dive into that because that was the second question from this young man. He is 16 years old, and his question is, Hey, Andy, uh, I play football, and all my friends who play football and wrestle all say the way to go is keto. What's your opinion? Yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah, so of course, you know, so if he's 16 – you know, teenagers obviously uh, very easily, easily influenced. And if they have an idol they look up to, let's say, and their idol does keto, that's going to make them even more inclined to want to try it. I mean, the reality is, you know, why don't you tell everybody just so who doesn't know what? Tell them a little bit about it, just briefly. Yeah. Okay. Well, the essence of the keto diet, you know, okay, there's a lot of different ways you can, a lot of levels you could describe it, but the essence is you're eating the bare minimum amount of carbohydrates so that your body's metabolism shifts. Because normally, right, under normal conditions, your body would use carbohydrates for, for fuel, okay? Yep. And, you know, the vast majority of people include a lot of carbohydrates in their diet. So carbohydrates come from grains and fruits and legumes, like and legumes being lentils and chickpeas and starchy vegetables, right? These are foods that we, we you know, we, we like, we know to be associated with good health, that provide us with energy. Now, the keto diet is essentially saying, you know, you know, part with all of that, keep your carbohydrate at a bare minimum amount of your caloric intake, change your body's metabolism, and your health will be greatly improved as a result. A lot of times, people will turn to keto as a tool for weight loss, but some of the time, people do it because they they truly believe they feel better or they're optimizing their health in doing so. Yes. Um, and so that's a, a little kind of cheat sheet on what, on kind of where it comes from. You know, I would imagine a 16 year old who's wrestling or playing football. I mean, I, I would, I guess the optimist in me would hope they're not necessarily doing it to, to lose weight. Although wrestling is a sport where you have to reach a certain weight to compete. Yeah, yeah, so I don't yeah. know. I can't speak to that because I'm not in that world, but yeah, he is doing it to lose weight. Right. He has to lose, let me see, hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, uh, eight pounds. Right, right. Well, I would – like, here's, here's the thing, right? Anytime, you know, if you have all these foods available to you, right, all the foods – if you – let's say you, you don't have any restrictions on your diet, okay? You're just, you're just eating – you allow yeah. yourself to eat everything, Okay. But then all of a sudden, you do something that says you can't eat half the foods you used to eat. Okay? Okay. Yeah. 
you know, when you do that, it's possible that your overall intake of calories could go down simply because you're just yes. restricted so many foods. Now, of course, there's more to it than that. But yeah, that definitely, yeah. That definitely, that definitely plays a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that much. I didn't know if you do the – like I read what they say the scientific proof is, but I don't understand enough of it to debate and argue it. Like I'm not at that level like of scientifically does it really do that and is it safe on the body? You know, I only know, you know, what I read briefly and I didn't know. So I would love your opinion. Like do you think it's healthy? Yeah, well, I mean, okay. So first of all, again, I, would, I think I used this exact quote last time. There are people who literally devote their professional life to e either advocating for or against doing stuff like this. Yep. Okay, so there are people who have PhDs, probably looking into ketogenic diets, yep. or 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 PhDs in the intake of, of starchy vegetables and the value to their people's health. So there are definitely people who are who are debating this who are very at a very high level. Yeah, but here's over the, my pay grade <laughs> and mine as well. But here's the reality. Okay, the keto diet as a word. Is, is limiting because I'll tell you right now, I could theoretically, I could eat lard and cheese all day for them and, and be doing the keto diet. I could also be having salmon and avocado and kale all day Ooh, and be doing point. the keto diet. So, so, you know, you're, it's, you're right. It's hard to argue that that's, I'll, I'll, I'll be devil's advocate for a second. Okay. Now, if someone was doing the ketogenic diet and they had, for most of their diet, they had salmon and vegetables and avocado and coconut, let's say. Yeah. It's hard to argue that that person does not have a superior diet than the average North American. I mean, yeah. realistic, realistically, they do. Okay? Yeah. So, you know, someone could make that argument. But that, that argument is not very valuable. It's just an example. You know what I mean? That argument is not so, so valuable because that person who's doing that keto diet could also have some lentils and some sweet potato and be even healthier. Presumably, yeah. because we're getting the additional benefits, the antioxidants and the fiber and the enjoyment of eating those foods. You know what I mean? So it's yes. not it's not an easy debate to have. And it's not a it's not a debate. I, I think about that often because a lot of my clients, they put faith in, in what I'm telling them to do. And if I'm telling them, listen, stuff like fruit and legumes, which have carbohydrates, yeah. are generally are generally associated with good health and they're enjoyable. So unless you really don't like them, why would you omit them? You know what I mean? Yeah. Or they gave you a problem. Like some people I know cannot eat legumes. I get it. You know, isn't there a gassy pill or something that you take? I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's something called Beano. Yeah. Beano. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Which may or may not help. And then there's also, of course, there's the more natural thing, which is like, you know, you know, if, if certain beans bother you, you know, modifying your serving size, perhaps yeah. don't have three cups of lentils in one sitting, have half a cup that yeah. could help. Don't combine yeah. lentils or other beans with other foods that might cause you gas. Like if you yeah. know broccoli or cauliflower is gassy for you, don't have lentils with that. You know, there's different things someone could do. Okay, here's my third one. So I went on his Instagram and I saw a lot of things about kale. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> – are you a big kale fan? Well, as I look to um, my kale candy canes – and my clock in my office, which says uh, the time is eat more kale. There's no actual numbers on it. I can answer that by saying, yes, I am a big kale fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I do. I love kale. I eat kale uh, every day. 
because I love it. Right. You love it, though. It's not like, okay, you know, like they make jokes around here about, you know, the yoga women and yada, yada, yada. Everyone's on the the kale diet. But it's not a diet. It's like just something that you put in what you're eating. And I absolutely love it, too. And I also put it on. And if you don't, I mean, I even put it in my son's shakes and he doesn't even know it's in there. Right, 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 right. Smart. There's ways to get it in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have a question, though. This is not from anyone else. When did, I mean, I I know kale's been around forever. But when did all of a sudden it become, eat kale? Because it doesn't seem like when I was growing up, I even knew kale existed. I'm just going to tell you that. I feel like it it coincided with maybe the, the rise in popularity of social media when things were easier to propagate. And, and also it just so happened that it became highlighted at that time. And because of social media, it got propagated further. And so that really allowed it to catch on, you know, not that different than something like avocado maybe. I don't know. I feel like, I feel uh, like, true. like same thing. Uh, but I, I mean, I knew about avocado, but now it's like kale and avocado, kale and avocado, yeah. avocado toast. And, and I find funny enough. I mean, avocado is the other thing I have. If I have a fresh one, I will have avocado and kale together most days. I, 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 but wait, maybe, are, are, maybe are I'm just you a puppet. A pescatorian, or is that something I'm making up? No, no, no. I've written a pescatarian book, and I am yeah, most. I am mostly pescatarian. So meaning that, like, I. Don't, I would, by the way, I was combining yeah. something. I was almost calling you a Presbyterian. By the way, I, I, I don't think I'm that, but I'm definitely <laughs> I'm closer to a pescatarian than a Presbyterian. I think. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, but I think, like, I remember that, right? You said in the book and all that, that has been your way of life for a while, right? It's been a, a style of eating that I've trended to, to towards more and more over the years. And yes, I am, like, I'm, I'm mostly pescatarian, and I'm certainly more pescatarian today than any other time in my life. So, the med- maybe I'm going to, this could be totally wrong, but sure. the difference between then uh, I would consider myself more of the Mediterranean. Not, I don't like to say diet, but like when I looked at it, like we talked about it last time, and people were right. so confused what I meant. I right. meant I was eating that way, and then I found somebody, you know, sent me the book, and I'm like, right. oh, well, I guess I am on the Mediterranean, but I didn't, I don't call it that. You know, I eat a little bit of everything, but the main difference I found is they just have a low consumption of of meats is that the only difference because it's they seem so similar well arguably i mean arguably here's the thing right so a, a mediterranean diet is is almost like being a casual pescatarian okay because the mediterranean diet is, fe- is fun, <laughs> fun, fundamentally fundamentally is based on whole grains legumes um casual. fish and it says all right have a little bit of poultry and maybe red meat once in a while yeah which is basically yeah what one would do if they were being mostly pescatarian. And the reason why, like, I think it's okay to put the word diet after Mediterranean is because generally, or maybe in my world at least, so maybe I come from a different perspective as a healthcare professional. But when we say Mediterranean diet, it's more like that's the style of eating that is popular in that region. And it's not so much, it's like, it's not so much that like people are going out of their way to follow some pattern. That's just how they historically eat. Good right. Point. That's yeah. my understanding at the very least. 
And that's where it comes from. So if you could ever use the word diet after something, I think it's after Mediterranean or after pescatarian. You know yeah. what I mean? So if there's any ever two words, you could put the word yeah. diet after and like it would be okay. It's those two. All right. So the last question I have here, when your clients come to you, do you try to gear them more to that style of eating, the pescatarian? Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. So essentially, yes. But here's the thing. Listen, this is exactly what I tell my clients. I'm not going, I'm not, I don't care if you're, I'm not trying to convince you to be pescatarian. That's not the point. The point is I want you to eat more like one because you're going to get health benefits from doing so. So it's not like, I don't want you to leave my office. This is not like this. I don't do conversion therapy here. Yeah. You know, I'm here to help people be as healthy as possible. And yeah. We are talking about religion here, are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about, we're talking about fish and, and nuts and seeds and legumes. Yeah. I mean, some people look at food like a religion, but that's another story. But, yeah. I, you know, because I, I can't help but identify the fact that when people trend their intake of protein a little bit away from meat and poultry and a little bit towards fish and nuts and seeds and legumes, their health tends to be better. And so it's my responsibility almost to, to help people, you know, trend in that direction, which is why I agreed to write a pescatarian cookbook and why I was so eager to do so. Because yeah. that's so much in line with the messaging that I give my clients. But I'm not here to tell you not to eat red meat or not to eat chicken. I'm here to tell you right. to eat more. I always frame things positively. You know, if you eat more of this stuff, yeah, you may eat less of the other stuff, but you're not doing it to eat less of the other stuff. You're eating it to eat more of this, right? So a positive framing of things. That's very important to, to the way I approach. Oh, you know what? I was just somewhere yesterday, and I just thought of this. One of my friends said, she's like, hey, do you know where a butcher is? And I said, why? And she said she read somewhere, and I don't know anything about this. I haven't heard sure. that there's metal in the chicken, in the packet chicken. Have you heard anything about that? Because I, I couldn't even find it. Metal in the packet chicken. I mean, I mean. Metal in the chicken. Uh, I have no idea. Who knows? I mean, look, I, I'm not going to really comment on that because I don't know. There, it's I didn't I hear could, either. You haven't heard either. Okay. I haven't. I mean. Could there be trace metals in, in stuff that comes from agriculture, pro processing and all that? Potentially. I honestly don't know enough okay. to be able to say to, to say anything on it. I just literally know as much as you do on this point. I didn't I just heard that yesterday. I'm like, I don't maybe I'm way behind the times, but if it is, it's not something that's been talked about for a while. Right. So let's talk about the fish though, because my family they're, you know, when we go to the shore, they love to fish, and we're at the Jersey Shore, and they get nothing, Andy, anymore, like nothing. Right. So, is there a concern about the fishies and the quality of the fishies, and you know, yeah, where we yeah, our yeah, yeah, that's that's. Can we that... talk about that? And that is from my son because he asked, goes, okay, mom, um, you know me, and he doesn't like eating red meat and all that stuff, and he so he's like, but what about the fish? Is it really? healthy for me. So there you go. Yeah, Big that's question, a good, that's Andy. A, that is a good question. Well, okay. So that, well, those are two different things, right? So the first thing is, is kind of like the environmental impact. Um, so that is, there, there's things you can do, right? So obviously, you know, if you're having wild caught fish, you know, it's caught in the wild, <laughs> right? <laughs> and there are, there, web, there are websites, for example, I think one is called Seafood Watch that tells you which fish are, are the best to consume during which season based on populations and stuff like uh -huh. that. So there's that. What's, what, what the reality is, though, is fish farming, right? So the idea of growing, you know, salmon, for example, 
um, in like aqua aquaculture, it's called rather than agriculture. That is where a lot of the fish we eat comes from. And so presumably, you know, that is on some level like a self-sustaining system. Now I'm not, again, like I'm not an expert, I'm not an environmental uh, protection expert. And again, there are people who will debate these points, uh, you know, are, is the fish population in dire straits, things like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. a lot of fish is farmed. You know, you can go to the grocery store, wild salmon is very expensive. Farm salmon, which is what a lot of what we consume, less so. Especially especially now because farm salmon is, is genetically engineered to grow quicker, making it more accessible, things like that. Yeah. Which opens up a whole other topic of discussion. Um, but you're right. I mean, anytime you're eating something from the wild, I mean, we can't pretend that there's not an impact of that. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's, a, it's a fair question. Do you, you know eat I mean? all different types of fish? What do you eat? Yeah, I mean, I... I purchase fish in uh, like I mean I'm driven a lot by economics, right? Yeah. Because uh, I'm not like the rocks dietitian. I'm just a dietitian, so you know I, I purchase the fish that I like that I feel is at a good a good price. One interesting thing I'll tell you though on this on this this on this topic, a very interesting fact: frozen fish. Okay, let's talk about frozen fish for a second. Um, All right. Frozen fish. Um, could arguably be considered better for the environment because it doesn't need to be it's frozen upon catching it doesn't need to be shipped and flown in right away like fresh fish does um if it's coming from elsewhere so arguably it can come in frozen it can come in more slowly um and it, it, less fuel may be used to get to its location ah, so listen you just made my day do you know where i get and i love fish where yeah. i get most of my fish from trader joe's frozen right. so i was so worried about your answer because i'll get their tuna steaks their salmon i mean right. it's not a butcher and i yeah. love it and it's very affordable and i get no kickback from trader joe's here but yeah, yeah, i yeah. love it i love right. it and it's so affordable and then the reason i buy it frozen i'm not worried i have to eat it right away right no 100 percent. it's so convenient mean? And for those who yeah. are turned off by frozen fish, I'll tell you right now, like frozen fish is fine. You can cook it straight from frozen. Um, it's, it's, it's awesome. So if you, if you, I like it. Yeah. I think it tastes really good. I mean, and I, not that I won't go out and get high quality fish, but of course, Hey, I think it tastes really good. I've got frozen salmon burgers in my, in my freezer right now and I'm going to eat them tonight. And I can't wait. So yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm so excited. Like I went in, I was like, oh my God, I didn't know Trader Joe's had all this frozen fish. Uh, how good could it be? And I'm like, you know what? It wasn't bad. That That's a whole nother thing. Cause you know, I hear people say all the time about convenience and you understand, you know, if of you course. go and you buy fresh produce and then you could be throwing out all these veggies cause they only last a certain amount of time. So, you know, and the same thing with fish, but if you're frozen, it's all cool. And then yep. the same, and what about, I was just reading an article. How do you feel about frozen veggies? Oh, frozen veggies are wonderful. A lot of my clients use those to great effect. You know what I mean? Yeah, you good. Can, I mean, they're, yeah. they're super convenient. You're not losing anything nutritionally. And sometimes, I don't know why. Yeah. Why is it we think if something's frozen? Where do we get that it's not as good? Well, you know, there's – look, there's something about getting something that's fresh that's not in a bag, that's not in like packaging. It's, it's, it's at least partially a perception thing, right? Well, it just, uh, listen, I've gone to strawberry farms and eaten a strawberry that I picked. It is way better, right. but that's yeah. a whole different thing, you know? Right. 
Well, well, here's the thing. I'm going to tell you right now. This, this is like a, a pair. This is like a jump to the side. Frozen pomegranate. I've just discovered it recently, and it's a game changer. So to everyone listening, if you have frozen pomegranate at your supermarket, bring it home and thank me later. It's All amazing. Right. I'm putting that down because I'm sure we do. Yeah. Um, pomegranate. Okay, cool. Because there are some things that do taste better frozen, right? I mean, some fruits you're yeah. like, eh. You know what? Yeah, I, I've, I've delved much more into the frozen world. So I personally, I have all eat frozen strawberries, frozen mango, frozen pomegranate. Better, I don't know if better is the word. I would say different. I would different. say a frozen okay. mango is different than a fresh mango. Now, anyone who likes mango will, will probably have my head if I told them that frozen mango is better because regular mango is pretty darn good. So good. You know, that's a stretch, but it's different. And it's good in its own way. All right, so because that that was leading me to the next thing. So here we are, 2020. I don't know about your clients, but most of the world over here, they start out with these great intentions, you know, of going to the gym and eating healthy, and they they go way a, a large, not everyone, but a large majority go from eating a certain way to an extreme other way, and they only right. can keep it up for a few weeks, right. and then they go back to the you know, the way they were. I just had my friend say, you know, you know, her husband happened to do the keto for three sure. weeks. And he started, he did, because he's cutting out all the stuff, looking really great. But now he's eating more than ever and it's coming right back on. And she's like, I don't know what to say to him. You know, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I said, listen, that's not that unusual. You know right. What I mean? Because if you go from one extreme to the next, you just can't keep up with it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough. And that, you know, that kind of thing, unfortunately, that, that you know, look, it's everyone's right to try something different and to exper- experiment things, right? Like, that's that's totally fine. That's On some level, that's fine. But that is a really, really big problem is, is people making extreme changes, looking for, and this is why the why is so important, like, you know, questioning your why, um, you know, why is it that you're going to do something? Are you doing it for the right reasons? Are you doing it for, for reasons that you're, you're truly comfortable with? Um, you know, and the, that's, that's the issue I have with the keto diet. Not even that I, I have some philosophical issue with issue yeah. with it, even though I don't yeah. necessarily love it. It's like, what's the why? And I find more often than not the why for what, for when people do it is not the best. Yeah. Now you can't generalize. Look, I can't, I don't want to, I would never put people in an umbrella, put them all into the same category. So I'm not speaking ill of anyone who's trying and wants to try it or likes it. Some people genuinely may have tried the keto diet and the quality of their diet may have improved. Yeah. And yeah, like and you per- said, they're not like, like they're not eating lard. You know, they're eating avocados. And <laughs> yeah. so Hopefully yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just like the word lard. That's why I have to get it in, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, they make I mean, good potatoes, by the way. My grandmother used to cook with lard. And man, right, right, right. I'm sure there's they some do. Some good cast iron fried potatoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Anyhow, so, but that's a big thing, like that you just said about the why. I know we're fast paced and impatient world and we just want to go for it and then think later but to spend some time like you always talk about your health goals you know right like you mentioned earlier like not being fixated on the weight goals right how, how do you think that works for young people though do you you know is it is it hard to you know when you get somebody maybe in their 40s or 50s like they're thinking more health when you get people teenagers are in their 20s or 30s are they really thinking that way Andy? yeah you know it's 
it, it is it's it's incredibly challenging you know what i mean it's it, it's it's incredibly challenging like you're right if on some level you know this is me speaking from, from just from a little bit of experience you know the last several years right on some level if someone feels compelled to lose weight you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you're and you are telling them you, you know forget that you know do <laughs> help first yeah help dude first. i need to pick up chicks or guys like what do you mean you know on some level especially for a young person who may have more short it, it's it can be challenging but i mean you know it's it's at least a responsibility of, of a health professional to to try to de-emphasize that even if because the reality is for many people you know when they make changes health like food wise or if they change the amount of physical activity they're doing they change the way they're eating it's not unusual for a change in body composition to to occur right if you start yeah. doing more resistance training if you start eating more protein if you start making more nutrient dense choices it's very very probable that your body composition is going to on some level change as well but to make it the be it all and end all is the problem right so it's like yeah there's a responsibility to, to help people understand that that to make that the, the only goal is not ideal um, and to make that your why is not ideal and to understand that there's so many other things uh, that you can get from these changes. I think that's that's something that I, as I grow and I see more and more people talking about this, I, I honestly, even though you know people come into my office it's not the only reason, but sometimes people come to my office specifically, specifically for the goal of losing weight, and I do work with people like that. I, I'm I'm learning more and more about the importance of de-emphasizing that, and and I'm a different person and professional on that topic than I was four years four years ago. Well, you know what? I think what you said, you know, if they come in and they specifically say they want to lose weight, you you definitely want to hear them out because you want to match them where they are, but that you have an obligation. To talk to them, like you said, like about all the other benefits and their health benefits. But one thing that I was thinking of, I got this article in the mail, and it just so happened to be talking about teens and eating healthy. And the parent was getting frustrated. <laughs> and this one woman who was a dietitian said, well, you know, do you have a daughter? Does she care about her hair? Show her all these facts about what gives you healthy, lustrous hair. And I thought that was a pretty cool thing. You know, like hit them where you know it matters, like she cares about her hair and hair products and spending all the time, or the boy who cares about his skin. Like, I, I don't, I thought that, and then give them all the scientific proof of, of, you know, how much drinking water, you know, and the benefits, all that. I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Yeah, or or, or even, um, that's 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 definitely one thing, or even, even beyond that, if they have a hobby, like a very common thing for, um, like I do work with a lot of teenage guys, is like, okay, do they work out? Do they play sports? Yeah. Right? How does right. nutrition impact their performance in that realm? You know what I mean? That yeah. is, that isn't, I think that's even better. You know what I yeah. mean? Because yeah. that's, you're, that you're, gets, yeah. Yeah. If they, if they work out, you're right. That, but the vanity too, Andy. Like, oh yeah. I mean, look, I mean, I, 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 of girls, you know what I mean? I'm not saying they don't work out, but the hair, like I'm trying to think of hair and skin. You're right. If they work out, you got them in, I think. You know? I, I've had, look, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a whole other thing, right? I've, I've had, um, you know, this is purely anecdotal, but I, I had really, really, really 
So as a teenager, okay, first of all, I was very underweight and I had really bad skin, okay? When I started to wrap my head around healthier eating, I was able to get to a weight where I was more confident, which in my case was gaining weight because I was yeah. underweight and, I, and I, I knew it, I didn't like it. And I found when I improved my diet, my skin improved. Now that might have improved yeah. anyway, going through puberty, but I linked those things together in my own head, in my own experience. Yeah. So, you know, and funny enough, you know, I, I just gave you an example counter what I just said. In my case, gaining weight and, and, and adding on and, and adding some muscle was, was fundamental for me as a, as a younger person to improve my confidence. So that's where it gets, it gets, it gets tricky, yeah. right? Because yeah. in my own experience, um, and this is why this issue is so tricky, and, and, and I'm at awe, as you can probably tell, with myself and, and, and yeah. how to feel yeah. about this and how to, how to approach this with clients. You can obviously tell I'm even at least partially conflicted um, because yeah, like, I, yeah. I, I know in my own life, you know, the harsh reality is changing the number on the scale greatly yeah. improve my quality of life in this case it was gaining weight you know i know that for myself so it's a yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's 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 a controversial and massive topic and and uh well you know, know what i don't think it's an all or none i think you know, it's just part of the equation it's not like what i'm hearing is don't make it the main focus point it doesn't mean you don't care about your weight and the way you look and you're going to rock your skinny jeans or not you know at the or bare minimum the muscles yes. out in your arms yeah. it's part of the equation you know, because we all care about what we look like. So here's a good question. Oh, I can't wait for this one. Yeah. What, and it does it change with age and individuals, and I know it does, but what percentage do you think, you know, what you eat matters for how you look versus working out? Like, you know how you hear 80% is what you eat, 50% is what you eat? Yeah. Well, it change with age, metabolism? It's a big question. I know. It goes a lot of controversy. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it, it also depends on, you know, well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you an example, okay? Like, it depends on what you mean by how you look. So let's just say, let's just say you have, let's use the teenage, the teenage guy, for example, okay? Let's let's use me as a teenager as an example about how to answer this question, okay? Um if like look let's so from the from the from the position of like or from the perspective of body composition like if you want to let's say you have a goal to be muscular let's say you want to have muscle mass okay yeah. on some level at some point you're going to have to have physical intervention resistance training to have that so you're not going to get that or you're not going to get a lot of that without that intervention yes. so from that perspective that matters a lot but yeah. guess what if you don't also eat an adequate amount of calories and adequate amount of protein, you're also not going to get that. And then also food brings to the table antioxidants, things like that, phytochemicals that keep you young, keep you looking youthful. You know what I mean? So Good that's a, that's a massive part of it. So, I mean, I, I, putting a percentage, I, I, I couldn't. But You do hear it. You know, people yeah. say, oh, as you get older, I don't know if it's 35 or 40 you know, it used to be 50% of like what, how you look and your weight and your, is like food intake. And then, then it, as it goes up to 80%, I mean, it's crazy. And I, I don't know where they get these percentages from. I don't know if they make them up or, you know, there's real evidence to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it, I mean, part of it is made up for dramatic effect, but I mean, you know, the reality is I think the older you get, the more differences individuals will show in terms of, let's say, youthfulness, for example, okay, in terms of how much, how physically active you are and how well you eat, 
You know what I mean? I think this is just objectively true. So if you take three, three 20 year olds, okay. And maybe they have different, different patterns of eating and exercise. And then you look at them again when they were 40, you know, the reality is I'm not talking about weight at all here, by the way, I'm just talking about if let's say if they look their age, you know, obviously genetics, genetics play a role, but the older you get, you know, the more disparities in, in how, how you eat and how you exercise will come to come to bear. Obviously, stress and sleep matter as well, yeah. right? But the older yeah. you get, the more the things you've done leading up to that point matter because you've had more years to either do something or to not do it. And let's say that something is eating vegetables and, and running or something. And if you go 20 years of eating vegetables and, and eating broccoli and running or 20 years of not, there's going to be a difference, Yeah. right? And that's going to manifest itself in one way or the other. Yeah. I was just listening to this kid. He said, you know, man, like they eat, you know, they drink more on the weekends and, and even my friends do, you know, they drink more, they go out to eat more. And this one kid just wasn't getting any results and he feeling healthy, feeling good. Right. And his friend said, well, you, you can't work off garbage. And I know what he meant. Like, you know, if right. you're going to eat processed foods, yeah, you, and then you work out, maybe you're not gaining, gaining weight, but it, it's not going to make your skin, your muscle tone, your strength, any of that. You can't work it off. Oh well, okay. So first you mean it's of all, bad. it's garbage. It like you know what I mean? Like like you know you know what I'm saying? Like they'll eat more processed food. They go out. They drink whatever. Okay, then I'm gonna I'm gonna work out during the week. And a lot of people are like that. Well, there's no question that look, if you the more optimally you eat, the more potential you have to perform physically better. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's no. Yeah. I mean, if you have a week, like if you have a week of, of nutrient dense eating, I, your workouts very likely are going to be better than if you have a week of McDonald's. I, I think that nobody's nobody really disputes that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they just try to justify it. Andy, yeah. 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 Well, no, in terms of the idea of like, you know, working it off or something. I mean, like that's, you know, of course, that's like a, such a pervasive thing. Right. People are always, you know, it makes me sad when I hear people when I hear people say that on some level, because I think that if you have something that you enjoy, whatever, like let's say if I like chicken nuggets, okay. like, you know, have your chicken nuggets, like live your life. You know what I mean? And by the way, the reality is like, not that I would ever even speak in this way to anyone. Like we're not, most of us aren't athletes. We're not burning a lot of calories when we exercise. So the idea that you're going to be burning off like a piece of cake or it's just like, just forget it. Like just, yeah. if you want some cake, enjoy the cake move on live your life you know what i mean like it's not worth it i know but it's weird i you need to help me figure out a way to impact the world so they get it because you know for me owning gyms i've seen it and no matter how educated we're talking educated people right no matter what you do right when they went especially if they had that cake if they had that extra drink if they ate whatever on the weekend they are which is even crazier thinking okay, I'm not going to strength train or do that class. I'm going to run like crazy on the treadmill or take the spin class because that's going to make all the difference. Right. I haven't figured out the answer of how to make the message different. So I was hoping you could give me some yeah. advice. Because it's no matter what you say. I mean, I would literally say all these different things to them and it didn't matter. I'm like, what are you doing? They're like, Weston, it just mentally makes me feel better that I'm doing this. I go, okay. Yeah, I mean, part of, part of the problem with that, I think, is that it's been ingrained over years of their life. They've seen their friends do it, their family do it, and then they've just adopted that belief. And 
They're sweating it out, Andy. They're sweating and, it and, out. And 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 at, and some level, they need someone to level with them and 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 and, and, and challenge the rationality of the belief. They, you know, that's what it comes down to. Is like if you believe something, or that you've grown to believe, let's say about you know burning things off. Like, is it true? It's just like the idea of like if I have, let's say I'm let's say I'm eating like what I call really well. I'm eating all my veggies, and then I have one day when I I eat pizza all day. Do I then say that because of that, all the other days are now erased and that I might as well just give up and, and never eat a vegetable again? Like, is that really rational? A lot of people adopt that kind of thinking because they it's a pattern they've grown into over the years for a variety of reasons. Yeah, but is it really true. rational? Is it really true? If, if you challenge it, it's not. Of course it's not. You know what I mean? But you have to take a second and challenge the way challenge those thought patterns you know what i mean now yeah yeah you're right. thing, you have yeah. to be able to look honestly at yourself and what you're doing you have and... to be yeah you have to be honest this is what i always tell people you have to be honest first of all but you also have to be fair and kind you know many like you know you have to be kind to yourself because if you don't like if you're not kind to yourself you can't always expect like you can't expect kindness to come that's always from someone else like you have to be the kindest person to yourself when you're judging your your the way you okay, do things, good point. you know what you're, I mean. That's probably why they don't want to look at it because they're judging themselves, and then they feel like, uh, you know, I'm disgusting. I, you know, I can't reach my goals. I'm a failure, and that's why they don't want to look at themselves because that's hard to look at if you. And that's not yeah, that and that's way. not being kind to yourself at all, right? Like it's okay to be honest. It's okay to say honestly, like yes, okay, I had seven whole pieces this weekend, and I feel like crap, and I really don't want to do that again because like seven whole pieces was a lot. That's that's honesty. <laughs> but that that's where honesty that's where yeah. honesty stops. Now then that's where fairness and kindness comes in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like you have to be very careful. So I have a question. If a client came into you, right, and, and they said, I want to be an ultimate, you know, shape mentally and physically, right? I want to feel healthy, Andy. Yeah. And you start looking at what they're doing, and yeah. this is a big one uh, for a lot of people. But I'm not giving up, like I hear this all the time, but I'm not giving up my drinking, it's like the wine. I'm just not doing that. So can I be, you know, figure this out and still drink as much as, you know, I do on the weekends? Like, how do you deal with that? Well, the first thing I would do is is I would kind of discuss the safe drinking guidelines and making sure they're not having 30 drinks a week and endangering their health. I would probably go, <laughs> I'd say that first, well, maybe not in that tone, you know, obviously yeah, yeah. being a little bit funny, but... You know, the reality is there's there's drinking guidelines where if you have over X amount of drinks, depending if you're male or female, you put your health on, at some level of risk. So obviously okay. I may I may, you know, objectively share that information. But beyond well, that, that's good. So you yeah. share the guidelines, like of like the health risk. Like if you're yeah. having this much, it's just no way I can justify it. Okay. Yeah, I would at the very least I would at the very least say that. Um okay. and then okay, sorry, what was I gonna say? Um so I would say, and then beyond that, I'm not concerned, right? Because my philosophy is that health comes from what you do, not from what you don't do, okay? So if someone comes into my office, I'm going to give you an example, and they say, Andy, I don't have Coke, I don't have chocolate, and I don't have wine. Okay, great. I don't know if you I don't know if you have a good diet or not, okay? If someone comes into my office and they say, Andy, I have a vegetable every day, I, have, I have almonds every day, I have a fruit every day, and I have a fish a couple times a week, I'm like, oh, okay. This is great. I can. I'm confident that your dietary pattern is strong. So, health comes from what you do do. Okay, not from what you don't. That's definitely a philosophy of mine. So, hopefully, that kind of answers a little bit of that question. 
Okay. So I have a question then that like you were backing up like, so, cause I don't know about the guidelines cause I, I right. haven't ever looked into it. What are the guidelines? Like when is too much? Yeah. Like I, I'm sure having two glasses of wine on the weekend on Friday, Saturday is not a big deal. So I mean, no, I it's know not that for sure. That's definitely not. Um, okay. I'm going off of memory. I would have to pull up on Google. I believe now it may also change from country to country slightly, okay. but I believe it's 15 standard drinks a week for men. And ten standard drinks, standard drinks a week for women, and gotcha. no more than I believe three or four in a night. Now that's the one that most people definitely don't follow. Um, <laughs> but wait a minute, back up. How, yeah. It was ten for women a week. And I believe then, it's ten for women a week, fifteen for men. This is I not. You said fifty. I'm like, wait no, a minute. Why no, no, is it no. so different? No, no, they don't process. We don't process alcohol that differently. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, they got it made over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, not quite. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got you. So then it affects your health. Then you. no, well, unless then, we're in <clears throat> Ireland or Italy or France, and then maybe the guidelines are different. That's exactly. That's when your risk of negative health um, outcomes increases for sure. Whether that's damage to the liver or accidents occurring, yeah. right? This is what the healthcare professionals have, have come up with based on the, their data, right? So it's not to say I, I've yeah. never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, well, what I encourage people to do. Google safe drinking guidelines and see what comes up right, and cool. just make sure it's from a reputable source, not just like, you know, some random blog, but should be yeah. fine. Yeah. All right. So let's dive in before, cause I know you and I could talk about a lot of different topics, but I want to make sure we get the takeaways for the new years. And you know, one is that we definitely got this uh, in about being honest and kind and fair to yourself and about thinking deeply about how and why you want your goals. But, what about this one? Share your goals with loved ones, meaning so they hold you accountable. Not so that's that might be the more traditional, the more conventional way that people see it. On some level, yes, that's inevitable. That's going to happen, right? But the, okay, so the idea of that it's it's kind of rooted in in behavior change theory or the idea that there's certain things that you do when you want to change a behavior. So when you share your goals and ambitions with someone you love, right, someone who you truly or, or who truly is important to you, right, presumably if they're the, the great person that you think they are, they're going to offer you support, okay, and their, and their role they play in your life is probably significant, right? So okay. like, so like for example, like if it's about whether it's about finances or food or working out, their role in your life, how, how you spend your money, how you eat, whatever you do, you know what I mean? They're going to have a role in that. So they need to know that what you're doing is important to you and that they have a role to play in, in facilitating your success. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's where that stems from. You're right. So you're saying if, if it's a not a good friend, if they know your weakness is pasta and then they bring pasta over your house to tempt you because – like someone just told me they don't want misery likes company. You know what I mean? They might love you, but that's true, Andy. You know, sometimes people don't want you doing it, especially, you know, if you're their pasta buddy. Yeah. On some level, that's, that's, that's definitely an example. Or if it's like, if you, let's say you have a, your, you have a partner, right? And, and let's say you guys normally eat out five times a week and you're sharing with, a, with your partner that you haven't been feeling great. You'd really like to reduce the amount you're eating out per week. Presumably, and, and, and the reason why you're doing it is because you and want to feel... And hopefully, they're going to back you. Yeah, and presumably you're doing it because you want to feel better, 
right? Yeah. And so, yes, yes. And so, and so then it's it's like, will that will that partner then support you and understand what you're doing, why you want to do it, and then go along with it? Because obviously, their buy-in on some level is important. You know what I mean? So oh, that's yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, and of course, that example can be replicated in all sorts of different ways. And yeah. you know what I mean, and the, so yeah. all these different scenarios. But that's the that's one example that comes to mind. Yeah, you know no, what that, I mean. You're right. And if somebody, I told them, I go, listen, I'm not saying they're not a good friend, but that's really not being a good friend to tempt you. I mean, they should have, you know, your back, and they should want you to reach your health goals. You know, whether they're there or not. So that's a whole nother story. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Right? Course. I mean, that's not being a good friend. I'm not saying they don't love you, but that's not a good friend in that example. All right. What that's, but that's also about the last thing that you were saying here, put yourself first more often. Right. Right? I mean, make sure that you're considering what you want and your needs, number one. Yeah. No, I, I, absolutely. And the, the reason why I kind of gate, like, use that as a talking point as well is, you know, there are there's definitely a population of people you know who who put their needs third fifth fourth fifth sixth and the reality is for most of us life is super busy and in when life is busy and you're you're your lowest priority it's very very hard to do the things you need to do to be your healthiest right so okay, okay. I get it and that, that's not, not everyone falls into this category, but I know I have many clients who do. And and so Most I know people. people who are reading this or who are listening to this rather. Sorry, I write so much. It's not, someone's actually listening to me. Um, you know, if someone, if, even if it's one person who, who I can identify that that's themselves, put yourself up your own ranking totem pole a few, a few, a few points. You know, that will do you wonders. No, you're right. But even I think about, a lot of moms who will put what the family wants to eat beyond what that they know is really healthy for them. And they'll buy everything for the family because they know what they'll eat it and sacrifice what they really want. It happens all the time. Yeah, on what well, yeah, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's probably not good for the family either, but you know what I'm saying. Like if that's what the, the I hear it all the time, well my husband won't eat this, but and they won't take the extra time to eat the foods they really enjoy. Such as kale or avocado. If the whole family's not eating it, they're just not gonna buy it. Yeah, no, you're right. That's such um that's a that's a tough one, right? The idea of like you can't the, cooking multiple meals and yeah you just got to try your best to get the small victories you can, you know, everyone's, I mean, and, and Hey, maybe that means taking, going to book an appointment with a diet, a local dietitian and strategizing yeah. on how you can make it happen. Like, Ooh, don't be afraid good. to seek professional help. There's like, that's a, like, dietitians are, dietitians are generally like charismatic and, and caring and understanding and, and we're yeah. very good problem solvers. So if you have one in your area and you're stuck, like for strategies, we're great at strategizing, you know, so that's, that's a good to point out. to individualize it. Andy, do you believe, do you have your clients write things down as far as goals and journaling their food? Um, it's a good, it, it's a good question. Um, well, look, I mean, okay, let's, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, well, writing down goals, I feel like there's some people who are into writing things down and some people aren't. So if the, if the person, someone likes to write their goals down, they're going to write them down anyway. You know what I mean? Um, I, I personally, I would never, I personally couldn't be bothered 
probably out of laziness, but I know many people who do like to write That's poetry. so funny. You really? Know? Yeah, I keep things in my head. Maybe I just keep telling them myself so many times that I don't have to write them down. Um, in terms of, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, you know, it's the first time I've heard it from a nutritionist. That's yeah. interesting. I'm yeah. a good, and you eat really healthy, so that's. Yeah, I know. I couldn't be bothered to write write things down. To be honest, I just couldn't be bothered. That's just me, though. I'm 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 my own. I'm my own my own unique animal. But it's not so. Since you're not, though, you're unique. But it's, you're not going to also tell your clients to, unless well, they I, want to. Well, I mean, well, here's the well. First of all, I mean, writing a goal down is very different than writing down everything you eat, right? So those are two different things. If someone wants to write their goal down, by all means. Now, keeping a food diet, I think that's what you're referring to. Generally, like. I don't, or or not, yeah. not even just that, like journaling, yeah. like I want to feel mentally and physically good. I, you know, just having a mission, you know, I'm going to eat this many meals this week, or, you know, big picture. I'm oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Journaling goals, thoughts, and feelings, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing. I mean, if that's what you want to do. And right. for it's some, just for, not your thing. Yeah. Right. I guess. It's not what I do personally, but if I think that if I have a client who thrives in that kind of setting or, or I think they might benefit yeah. from that to be more yeah. mindful of course of course why you know why wouldn't i broach that with them and if, if i think it might yeah. help them yeah so yeah but in the short term keeping a food diary obviously there's some value there with a client because it allows it allows myself as a professional to get a better idea of how a person of how a person eats and how a person is incorporating my guidance and, and, and how a person like lives their daily life as it relates to food. So there's value there. Some people also get valuable insights from keeping food diaries. Yeah. yeah. Right? And so who am I to say and so and so there's some there's some value there in the short term, for sure, right? Yeah. If you ask me purely my this yeah. is gonna be funny because there's gonna be like I love that you have a different opinion because I know the nutritionists and dietitians are gonna come out of the woodwork on this one because so many believe in the food journaling and logging and keeping it and keeping it and keep it and make their clients do it. It's just part of the process. Like there's no like Well, yeah. I know I mean, people that won't take clients unless they'll do it. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean so they can track it and see it and analyze it. Well So that's I, fascinating, Andy. Yeah, well on, on some level, I mean here's the thing, right? On some level, like some people may do that because if someone has a food diary, you always have something very specific to talk about and, and it, it can make it easier from that perspective it, it makes yeah. it it makes it more compelling to talk and, and to you know i don't i don't know everyone every, <laughs> yeah, you're trying to figure it out yeah different professionals you're trying to be a good guy and like say well maybe but you know yeah no no look i mean i was like you know i respect people's individual choices to do yeah. what they're gonna do it's my my belief that it would be burdensome to it would be burdensome to enforce that on someone in the medium to long term but yeah. everyone's different you know, and um, I'm but sure if, that, yeah. Andy, if people come to you and they hated that, they know you're not going to make them do it. So that's cool. Um, if I'm definitely, I'm definitely never make someone do it, but I don't, if someone yeah. likes it and they truly yeah. like it, you know, right. all good. All right, Andy, we got to wrap up here. Is yeah. there anything that we didn't get in that you want to say? I mean, let's, uh, I know we're going to put how to reach you, but. Oh, I feel like anyhow. I did. I feel like I did a lot of talking. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think like I'll give the same take home message that I give to a lot of my clients. I mean, like I said, like, so to summarize, I want you to eat more like a pescatarian. If you're open to doing so, I want you to be honest, kind and fair with yourself. 
and um, you know, and food is meant to be enjoyed. So enjoy the ride. And how can they reach Andy? Um, yeah. So uh, my website is Andy VRD. So that's a N D Y T H E R D.com. That's also my Instagram. Um, so I got a blog, I got several books, but yeah. Or if you type in like Andy VRD in Google, you can see what I'm about, uh, or Andy dietitian, I'll probably come up realistically. Yeah. Uh, maybe if I'm, if I'm, if I'm hitting well on Google, but yeah, that's where you can find me. And Andy, your voice held out. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was losing it a bit this morning. I think some of my clients were laughing at me, but I think I had so much zest in this talk that I came back. Yeah, you, you, did, you did good. We're good. Yeah, All right, thanks. guys, for Let's Keep It Real, have fun. Enjoy yourself. I know, I know you got some valuable tidbits out of Andy. And until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive. <laughs>